the pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver someone not paying attention how about the people texting and driving if you ever damage your vehicle call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 3340 several reasons one they'll handle everything for you two they're going to work for you not the insurance company and three they'll make your car it'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom west fountain auto body call them 401-272-3340 did someone damage your vehicle whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle west fountain will restore your vehicle get it back on the road call them today 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. West Fountain Auto Body. If you're in an accident, whether it's a day like today where, you know, you have a little bit of snow flurries, but people aren't paying attention or people are texting and driving or a drunk driver. If your vehicle is ever damaged, you need to get it repaired. Call West Fountain Auto Body. Bring it to them. They will repair your vehicle and they'll handle everything for you. And they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Ready? 401-272-3340. Call Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body. 272-3340. Well, folks, it is... um. <clears throat> It's a day that it is a sad day. It is Inauguration Day. And President Trump, just a short time ago, he left Washington with these words. So, have a good life. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. What more can you say? Have a good life, and we will see you soon. So, have a good life. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it was... Um, it's it is like i'm feeling the way a lot of people are it's uh it just seems so unfair and especially you go back to a year ago and they put him through the impeachment and then that didn't go anywhere and he came out of the impeachment folks think about it last february i saw the president last february in new hampshire and i mean things were in motion and the economy was cooking along and everything they didn't have a strong candidate to take them out and then suddenly we got hit by the pandemic so you know there's going to be a lot written about and i think it's very very unfair the way a lot of the people por- uh, portray the president because um, all they want to point to is a lot of things that the press highlight but if you come back to just education this this administration that is well that the president, the Trump administration with Betsy DeVos, this they were about school choice. They were about charter schools. They were about improving the charter schools, not just being slaves to the teachers unions. President Trump was right on so many different things. He said children belong in school, open the schools. That was the right decision. He said, we're going to have a vaccine by the end of the year. We do have a vaccine. So it was um just so unfair against him and then to try to portray what happened in washington all on him i i think he was treated very unfairly it's not an accident they're trying to set a tone uh for anyone from the outside that wants to run now again listen there's no perfect administration he had never held office before there was certainly a learning curve i'm sure there's a few things they wish they could have back whether it's you know anthony scaramucci or different things like that that just didn't work out but but by and large, um, immigration's been down 80% as far as illegal immigration and in uh, taking people through the pandemic. Now, again, I've written about this and then also 
some of the goings on in Rhode Island that we're going to talk about, obviously, where there's going to be a lot of changes with Governor Raimondo. If uh, when you get a chance, log on at the website, dipetro.com. And remember, dipetro.com is brought to you by Allstate Lock, experts at locking systems, building securities. Folks, who knows what's going to happen over the next several weeks and months? Make sure you're protected. Security cameras. How about security cameras outside your home or business? Well, they'll do them. Allstate Lock. Call them 401 349 0042 and online at allstatelock.com. All right, well, it is Inauguration Day, so we're going to cover uh, a lot today. It's right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801. MEGA, M E G A, professionals, 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil Diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 521 Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. It's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. If you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Joining me right now, he uh, covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. His name is Dan McGowan. And Dan, it is Inauguration Day. The uh, Boston Globe has full coverage and especially in Roadmap, you start off with uh, some of the special guests that are going to be attending uh, the inauguration today in Washington and uh, guests of the Rhode Island delegation. Yeah, not not quite the same, uh, you know, uh, I guess, fanfare that you typically see when a Democrat is coming into office from Rhode Island. And of course, part of that is the, the pandemic. Another part of that is whatever uh, security concerns that folks have. But we do see three folks going down there, uh, the most well-known being Dr. Megan Rainey, uh, you know, who's been 
all over, you know, the place. He's been a CNN contributor and has been obviously a key expert on uh, all things COVID. Uh, she's a guest of, of Congressman Langevin. Uh, Congressman Cicilline is bringing a former staffer down there, a guy who's well-known inside, uh, like in the inside baseball world of politics, uh, named Andy Andujar. Um, and then, and then uh, Senator Whitehouse is bringing uh, his daughter, Molly. So, so not quite the same, probably not what a lot of our delegation maybe hoped for, uh, you know, with, with a Democratic president coming in. Interestingly, uh, Gina Raimondo is not in D.C. today. Uh, for the inauguration, whereas some, uh, I believe um, Marty Walsh, for example, the labor secretary nominee is, is there. And I think others, uh, at least some other cabinet level folks are, are in D.C. Uh, the governor is not, is, is not down there today. Folks, and again, the Globe has one-stop guide to inauguration day coverage. Uh, Dan McGowan, uh, what, should, what are we to make of the fact um, so Senator Reid does not have a guest in Boy, I find the timing. I just saw you retweeted your colleague at Fitzpatrick. Boy, the, the timing of Senator Reid to announce inauguration morning that uh, normally that that's a complete reversal from what he had said about a complete, the uh, waiver. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a complete reversal from uh, if you remember how how much uh, kind of grief he gave the Trump administration, uh, although I believe he ended up, you know, he said that was a one time thing that he, he wanted for uh, General Mattis. Um, and, and in this case, yes, he's supporting uh, Lo- Lloyd Austin III for Secretary of Defense. Uh, it's, you know, it, the, the cynic in me, John, and I think you feel this way too, is really good time to bury oh my God. a story. Yes. Uh, because I don't think very many folks are going to uh, pay too close attention to this. But remember, this is the, uh, you know, that the, the, the challenge of there's this argument that uh, historically the secretary of defense is supposed to be a civilian. Um, uh, and usually there's, you know, uh, I believe a seven year cooling off period, so to speak. Uh, but that has, that did not happen with general Mattis. It is apparently not going to happen uh, this time with Mr. Austin. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. It, it is very much a, a, a departure from, and if you remember at the very beginning uh, when, Pres- when President-elect Biden nominated Austin, uh, Senator Reid did not necessarily come right out and say, I'm for this. Uh, you know, I think he said it, he's willing to, to hear out the argument, things like that. But sure enough, uh, you know, with about three hours left until the president is sworn in, it, when you and I talk, it is, uh, <laughs> it will be, uh, uh, he, he will be supporting, which is a sign that presumably, uh, confirmation is almost certain to go forward. Senator Whitehouse is uh, his special guest today. Is his daughter Molly? Senator uh, Congressman Langevin is Dr. Megan Rainey, who's really uh, had a had a phenomenal year, an expert yeah. in the pandemic. Uh, Congressman uh, Cicilline, Andy Andahar, he's well known. What what are we to make of? I mean, I'm just thinking Senator Reid. Now, granted, he did just get reelected in November, but. I'm just thinking out loud of maybe the new speaker, Joe Sakachi, maybe incoming Governor Dan McKee. There are some people. Uh, what are we to make that he, he's, he's not having a guest today? Yeah, I mean, I suppose, the, the, you know, the, the argument that, you know, you're again, you're a little concerned about the pandemic. You're a little concerned about potential oh. security. Okay. But but to your point, I mean, you're exactly right. You know, there's an, there's a chance here. Uh, to show some good faith to some of the new elected officials or do a, you know, some version of a kind of celebrity nominee. That's what, uh, nominee, celebrity person like Dr. Megan Rainey, who's of course yes. deserving. Uh, you, you know, there are many ways to do that. I, I think it is a sign of, of uh, particularly the pandemic. I think that's the, the, the true concern. Um, although again, you know, we know there's 25,000 National Guardsmen you know, uh, down there right now. So maybe you just wanted to be a little extra safe, but you're right. It, it is, it's notable that one, the, only one member of the delegation isn't bringing a guest. Yeah. And also Tim McGowan, to me, that strikes of someone, he just won six, four years. If you're up for re-election, I'm thinking, can you imagine the, um, the honor that would be for the new uh, Latino mayor of Central Falls, first right. woman Latino mayor of Central Falls. That would have been a big. Can you imagine she gets to attend the inauguration as the guest of Senator Reid? Right, that would have been a huge one. I mean, to your point, you know, you could show a good a sign of good faith to the incoming governor 
uh, yes. you know, who's taking on a lot right now. I mean, yes. you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but Dan McKee's got a lot on his plate. This is kind of one of those days where maybe you bring, uh, you know, maybe you go there, maybe you just go with the governor, right? <laughs> maybe, right. Uh, you know, she's joining the administration. So uh, it is, it, it, it's a bit surprising. You're right. Just got reelected. Um, my, my sense is that it's, it's mostly out of what we just talked about, you know, coronavirus safety, things like that. Uh, but you're right. It's, it's completely notable, uh, notable. I actually, to be honest, when, when Amanda Milkovich, my colleague started to put together this story, I thought there was a chance nobody was going to bring a guest, uh, mm. you know, for again, all of those reasons, but then three out of four is, is somewhat surprising to me. Yeah. Now, Dave McGowan, uh, again, folks, we speak with Dave McGowan of the Boston Globe. Again, uh, big news. And, uh, there is witnessing history moving forward. We, we need to unite, take care of the country. It was, um, Amanda Milkovitz that, that did the story. Now, Governor Amundo, um, that, that is a little surprising that, uh, well, there's two aspects of this. She has a big day coming up next Tuesday. That's right. But it, I am a, a little surprised that she's not going down for the, for the inauguration because they're really just, it can be a day. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it can be a, a, a you know, you, you remember in normal times, you know, it's a day full of celebration and at night there's all the parties. My sense is if this were, you know, if not for a pandemic, if not for, you know, she's in deep preparation for her Tuesday confirmation hearing uh, in front of the Senate Commerce Committee, uh, she probably would be down there. I, I would imagine today is, you know, she understands it's probably not going to get a lot of FaceTime with the new president and probably not going to get a, fa a lot of FaceTime with, you know, most of the movers and shakers. Uh, down in Washington. So almost this is one she can skip, I think, is kind of how she's probably looking at it. Mm. Again, uh, Dan McGowan, in the past, you know, it's kind of like the company Christmas party. You just kind of poke your head in and make That's an right. appearance. But, uh, but for what we understand, Governor Mundo, can you imagine the behind-the-scenes work that she's doing focusing on for next Tuesday? Well, it's funny, John. I, I, uh, and I haven't published the story yet. I'm working on a story about uh, just how much uh, she would, in theory, be inheriting in that office. And, uh, you know, it's so funny. You, you don't realize when you hear the, you know, you, you think any cabinet level position, of course, is extensive and it's going to be a lot, you know, a lot to handle. But commerce is, is one in particular, you know, you have to understand sort of a range, a wide range of issues. You know, we're talking everything from, uh, you know, some of the climate issues, certainly to the, just the, the work that needs to be done with the American economy. And then, oh, by the way, the U.S. Census, uh, which, you know, we're in a year where, of course, Rhode Island is, is potentially going to lose a, a member of Congress. But, you know, that's a multi-billion dollar operation um, that was severely interrupted by the pandemic. Uh, and there's all kinds of talk about are that, you know, can, is there a way that Congress and the president can come together and potentially, um, you know, extend the census that would be unprecedented. And so uh, she has a lot of work to do. I was talking to a former Commerce se uh, Secretary, Penny Pritzker, just just last night. And um, first of all, she you should know that that Penny Pritzker, who was an Obama Commerce Secretary, was one of the leading advocates for Gina Raimondo. Uh, to, to become the Commerce Secretary. In fact, she told me a little fun kind of scoop uh, type thing that you and I can talk about. She told me that as soon as the president, uh, what it was confirmed, you know, it was the election was sealed and kind of delivered, uh, uh, you know, she, she, she immediately started advocating for uh, Gina Raimondo to be the Commerce Secretary. Uh, and so that's interesting because the timeline changes a, a little bit. You know, if this was a conversation back in November about commerce, um, and, and, you know, she, she, th this woman, Penny Frisker, believes that the governor is the right person for the job. I asked her a little bit about what's the confirmation hearing like, and she had a good confirmation hearing. She went, I think, 97 to three uh, in, in the Senate. Wow. So she, she was overwhelmingly approved. But she said, you know, it's not about necessarily getting tripped up. In fact, she quoted to me Ted Cruz, who said uh, to her that that um the, of course the senator from texas who said you know commerce is bipartisan and so very interesting kind of intel there uh she said where it where it gets in the weeds is just it is a uh it, it, you know you're we talking more than forty thousand employees I, I believe a 14 
billion dollar budget. So more than the state of Rhode Island that she's, uh, you know, significantly more than the state of Rhode Island that she'll be inheriting. So it's just a lot to do. And one of the other things that's interesting, John, a lot of people kind of miss this, but people forget that that early on in the Obama administration, uh, President Obama proposed a, a deep overhaul of the Commerce Department. Uh, huh. You know, it's it, that's been an office that uh, has had kind of bipartisan criticism that it's maybe a little too sprawling. You, you hear you hear some of the conservatives who, who really like to watch spending say, you know, that does not need to be a $14 billion budget. But even on the Democratic side, President Obama, uh, multiple occasions uh, advocated for uh, overhauling it, uh, potentially making it, it, even calling it something different. Um, I asked the, the former Commerce Secretary Pritzker about this. I said, do you think that will be uh, a priority of the Biden administration? She kind of laughed and said, look, given everything else that's going on right now, that probably will not be a first term uh, topic. But, you know, something for the governor to keep in mind, there are people in Washington, both sides, who, who believe that that office overall needs to be changed. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L. is carry factory authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years... JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL, system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401 351 7600 jkl they'll do it right the first time now call them you don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system what if it starts to get really cold call jkl right now free quote free estimate estimates are free financing is available 401-351-7600 rhode island massachusetts it's jkl engineering 401-351-7600 We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to stay with Governor Armando. I just view her as um, 
she must have been a phenomenal test taker. I mean, her academic <laughs> record speaks for itself. So I can only imagine her as someone, she doesn't glance at things, just devouring information to get ready for next Tuesday. Do we have any idea of how long uh, that type of process? I mean, how long will she be in the Senate answering questions as part of the confirmation process? And as, as the Boston Globe folks points out, it's, it's really a two-step process because although this is happening next Tuesday, we don't know when the vote might be. That's right. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It depends uh, deeply on uh, sort of what comes up. And, and you know, I, I used in the last segment just the, 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 the term of like, you know, what if somebody gets tripped up? It's not always because, you know, people are out to get the governor. And you and I have joked about this the last couple of weeks that, look, these people are not going to say, why didn't you save the Superman building? That's not what no. a confirmation hearing uh, is all about, maybe to folks here uh, uh, to their dismay, but but that's not what it's about. You know, if she says something, you know, particularly controversial, if she were to in some way suggest that, uh, you know, she wants to overhaul the department or change it, maybe that would set off some red flags. My guess to your point look, she's, she knows how to do this. One time I asked her what she got in her SAT and she didn't tell me, but then she kind of quietly nudged me and reminded me that she got into Harvard. So, uh, you know, she, she's, she's just fine uh, and she'll, she'll be prepared for this. I think what they're always told, you know, more and more, and I, I think the Trump uh, administration and, the, and its cabinet was, you know, really prepped for this, but I think it goes back years and years and years. It's, you know, the less you say, the better, right? It, this is about, uh, you know, making sure you get through the process. It's not to show that you're a dazzling star on day one, right? You just don't want to set off a lot of alarms. The, the big question will be, you get through Tuesday. Uh, let's, let's assume that there may not be another uh, committee hearing for her. The question is, when does she get uh, actually in front of the entire Senate? Uh, right. And we know, I and mean, we know the governor says now she's going to deliver her uh, state of the state address on February 3rd. So that gives us at least until, you know, that first week of February that we would, we would think she will remain the governor. But, um, you know, I've said this all along. I think it's going to move quicker than some people pr projected. My guess is sometime, you know, first or second week of February, we'll be seeing the governor resign and, and heading down to Washington. But you never know. I mean, you, you, again, it, it, it depends not just on what she does, but on how these other confirmation hearing goes and uh, hearings go, and and, and and you know, does anyone else step in it, and is there any big controversy? But with a Democratic Senate, uh, you know, it, it would strike me as likely that uh, she should uh, breeze through. And with the Senate um, committee now on Commerce, Science, Transportation, so that's Tuesday, January twenty sixth at ten o'clock. Dan, is this maybe is this two hours? Is this two hours let's break for lunch and then more in the afternoon or is this you know do we have any idea how long something like this lasts it's a it's a good question john i was asking this yesterday and and i i, I use the same number i said is this a two-hour thing or is this a 10-hour thing and yeah. uh you know there i was told that there have been times where where it can go long um but uh it's also something that that this could be you know again when you're at the beginning of a cabinet uh, it's not something that, uh, you know, without a, a particularly controversial appointee, um, th this is something that could be on the shorter side. Does she make it through okay. before lunch? I don't know, but uh, I, I would anticipate that it's at least not going to be, you know, extended further than just Tuesday. I think we'll know on Tuesday um, if she is likely to be, uh, well, we'll know on Tuesday if she's going to move forward and, and, and it is likely then the question of just, when does she get in front of the full Senate? And and just do you think does she get questions on maybe just on her thoughts on this? Because this involves like trade deals with China and other countries. Do do they like get into that or is this preliminary just like basic to make sure she has a concept of the job? I think it's a concept of the job more than, than okay. anything else. You know, I, I will say uh, the thing is, is that the, you know, the politics of Washington right now are you know, incredibly polarizing. So, you know, look at Wilbur Ross, the, the outgoing Commerce Secretary, uh, you know, he had a, 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 certainly on the Democratic side, the Democrats were fairly hostile to him. And so there's always the chance that folks seek to kind of twist, a, twist the knife a little bit. The one reason that I'm 
Uh, I'm going to use the word optimistic. It's not my personal opinion, but just the the reason I think that she's going to sail through is uh, I I think that that she is seen as a person that Republicans can get along with. I assume she's probably doing a lot of uh, back channeling and, and, you know, calling her network to say, hey, like, you know, not lay off her, but just know, you know, she's okay. She's not going to be this, you know, uh, she's certainly not a progressive, uh, at least not economically. Uh, and so, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have to worry if you're a Republican and the democratic side, you know, there's always the chance that uh, someone more liberal will be critical of her, but you're sure. going to have Jack Reed in, in Sheldon Whitehouse, I assume give right. a glowing endorsement. And so that's why I think she's in good shape. Now, folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and Dan, staying with Governor Mundo. Now, you were there. How surprised were you that she did not take questions at that briefing? Yeah, you know, I was, I, I think, and you, you were there, John, and you, you've been there the yeah. whole way. I mean, you know, like, we, we've all sort of gotten used to her, uh, you know, taking any question, no matter what it is. Uh, uh, as you know, it very often can go a little off the rails, and it is not necessarily directly related to COVID. I was surprised she didn't handle it a little more gracefully. Um, you know, I think yeah. all of us knew going in as we all got there, you know, the, the, the staffers kind of said, look, she's not going to be taking questions. She's not going to be talking. Um, you saw the TV stations kind of try to do the be inside, be outside, try to, you know, just yeah. get do the, the, the little bit of the walk of shame, quite frankly. Um, you know, I, I think I tend as a reporter to believe the governor, the sitting governor should take questions at the same time, you know, am I outraged? And do I think she should, you know, immediately resign? I have a hard time going that far with this. Uh, You know, the the, Nicole Alexander Scott is perfectly prepared to answer health related questions. Um, You know, it makes some sense to have Dan McKee kind of leading the way on transition. So, you know, I, I'm a little bit, I, I think I heard you saying on your show earlier in the week, and I, I do tend to agree with you. I think there's a lot of reporters who, you know, you, you've got, you get so comfortable with this, with the governor, you know, she's been in our lives for now 10 years that you almost, you feel disappointed and you're, and you almost mistake the idea that you are friendly with her. That is not yes. what any of this is about, right? She, she uses no. her, no. her time on television every week. Uh, by the way, yeah. unprecedented, uh, you know, you've never had a governor uh, be able to have weekly and at times in the last year, daily press True. conferences. True. Absolutely. Um, yes. You know, so she she she's used that to her advantage. It's helped her approval ratings. It is likely uh, a factor, maybe not the factor in why she is going to be in Washington. But I think as reporters, we have to balance, you know, believing that she should speak and answer questions. And there are plenty of questions to answer with not being, you know, sort of too much on our high horse. Uh, we're all going to live and we're all going to be fine. And we're all going to continue to do our jobs. But I thought the Boston Globe had, I thought, a good story on, and I love the way it was phrased, that when asked whether or not she's going to continue to say no comment, they said no comment. She may not speak again as governor. And I think in that article, Dan McGowan, it was pointed out. I, I mean, I think it could have been, and I agree with the, the idea that, it could have been, listen, I'm not commenting in anything that happened at the Capitol, anything to do with the Biden administration, but I will answer Rhode Island questions. I think that's what threw people off in the fact that she has been uh, incredibly accessible the past several months. I think that makes it even more dramatic that suddenly she w- you know, wouldn't answer any questions. Well, it shows you. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. You know, look, I wrote the story. I, I was you know, I felt it was certainly newsworthy to you know, report that she is not answering and not even answering. I mean, John, you, you know, there's, you know, we all have long off the record conversations with these people in the administration. I mean, they will, you cannot get them to say whether or not she will speak again. Honestly, the right. first time in the last week that we even were given any indication at all, whether we will hear her voice again was when they said she's going to do a, a recorded state of the state. Um, right. So, you know, we have no clue uh, when she will talk to reporters. And by the way, it let, you know, play it out. If she is in DC next week and let's say she gets confirmed relatively quickly, you know, does she even do the, the channel 12 exit interview? Does she, 
you know, does she sit? I don't think so. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I think she, you know, now does yeah. she get to come back six months from now and, you know, I'll do an interview on the beach and I love Rhode Island, maybe. Right. Um, but yeah. she's certainly making a, you know, quick move of it. And the Biden administration has been, um, you know, very much, uh, you know, on top of this, you know, Marty Walsh, who is even, I, I, from everything I understand from my colleagues in Boston, uh, the mayor of Boston is uh, even more accessible than, uh, than than Governor Raimondo. You know, you can get him on, on, on his cell phone at times, which is unheard of down here. Right. Uh, yeah. And he has not taken questions while we were in the briefing and while we were all, you know, huffing and puffing. Uh, a reporter in Connecticut uh, sent me a, a message on Twitter and said, hey, same policy down here for the education commissioner who's going to be the secretary of education. Won't take any questions, won't, you know, won't even do anything. Wow. So this is not a, you know, Governor Raimondo issue. The one place, you know, it's a, it's a Biden administration. The one thing where I... Uh, where I do fall on the side of, of you know, again, being pro reporter and pro, you know, uh, transparency is the governor has been the face of this pandemic in Rhode Island. And so it, it does feel yeah. like she, you know, should at least say, hey, I can answer your question on the pandemic. I'm just going to no comment you. Let's not waste each other's time on, you know, when I was, you know, recruited to go to commerce. Right. She's just not going to get into that type of stuff. Yeah. And it was just the setting. I mean, the stage and the microphones. The last time we saw something like that to me was like family Von Trapp at the end of The Sound of Music. <laughs> where suddenly they disappear from the festival and then they're just gone. Well, and there so, was, I, there, there was some waving. And it was a very strange thing. Something going like The Wizard of Oz where suddenly the balloon just takes off and the wizard says, you know, goodbye, <laughs> folks. Goodbye, folks. Well, and, 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 and John, goodbye. I'm curious what your thoughts were on, on Dan McKee's presentation because – you know, the, the trick that people, and again, you're going to know this, but for people listening, you know, you and I have been in, in the room for, let's say, a big televised debate at PPAC. And yep. the mistake that, that, that some people make, I remember Anthony Gemma made this greatly, is you play to the room, right? You play to the 200 yeah. people in a room, or in our case, at the vets, you know, 15, 20 people in the room. And I thought Dan McKee tried to, you know, at first he was almost talking just to the reporters and then a light bulb went on a little bit and he realized, okay, I'm talking to tens of thousands of Rhode Islanders. And I thought he handled himself just fine for his kind of initial appearance as the, the incoming governor. He did. He couldn't have been more gracious. I was a little thrown that he was sitting was in the strange. audience before simply because I've been there where they get the tape out beforehand and they map out six feet in between. They've had, four doctors on stage. I thought it was a little odd and that then they brought him up from, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to make of that, the whole thing. And then it was a little awkward with, then he was suddenly out in front alone uh, instead of, and, and to answer a couple of questions for two minutes and left. And it just didn't seem very choreographed. Well, simply because if he wanted to have, you know, a quick presser with the, the people that were there, I don't know why you wouldn't use the stage and the microphone and you have everybody settled there, but it, it was a little awkward, um, but he, as I said, I thought he was very gracious, and uh, we're going to talk about him in just a moment, folks. Again, and it's all written about in the Boston Globe, Dan McGowan of the Globe, uh, right here on the John DePietro Show. Remember, Preferred Towing and Recovery, they're located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. Preferred is also female-owned and operated by Christine, along with her husband, Mark Labby. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred Towing. Call them today, 401-725-8500, 401-725-8500, or online at preferredrecovery.com, as well as Facebook, Preferred towing they can also you know they buy older vintage cars maybe it's from the 60s 70s maybe you have one it's been sitting in, in your garage for who knows how long the last 15 years and you keep saying you know someday i'm going to restore that but how about instead call today 401-725-8500 call for a fair offer today it's preferred towing in recovery located in lincoln 401-725-8500 Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job done safely, secured, safely and securely. Preferred towing, 401-725-8500 or online, preferredrecovery.com. They're also on Facebook. 
We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And Dan, I do want to mention that uh, you've mentioned that the Globe is expanding and hiring. And someone who I thought I was very glad to see this hire. I thought she did a very good job at Providence Business News. And she, uh, you know, would tweet out and had some pretty good stories. And and the Boston Globe, uh, Rhode Island branch has kind of brought her in. I think it's a good Yeah, hire. thank you, John. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited. We're, we have, uh, and I've been teasing this for a long time, we've got several hires on the way. I, I hope you and I can be talking about it maybe two or three weeks from now. But the first one is a, a young reporter, young woman named Alexa. And I believe, and I ter- feel terrible about this, I believe it's Gagos, um, who is, who, who is yep. from the Providence Business News, or c- coming from the Providence Business News, uh, which, by the way, has turned out some really great reporters over the years, including they Ted DC and Eli Sherman, you know, my yeah. former colleagues and friends. Uh, so we're really excited to have her on board. She's going to do a lot of breaking news reporting for us. And, you know, the, the, the good news here about the Globe in Rhode Island is, as you have given me, you know, uh, such a, the honor to be able to talk about this every week is, look, we're right. We're in. I am talking to you from Providence in, a, in our office. Uh, we are planning on expanding our office a little bit. And, uh, wow. and so, yeah, we're hoping by, you know, I wish I could have said it by January 1st, but potentially by the end of the month or early next month, uh, you know, we're going to have two or three more people that we're going to bring in. Um, mm. And, you know, same idea of the stuff you and I talk about. We want to be on top of the politics. We want to be kind of tapped into the business community. We know we're not going to be all things to all people, right? We're not going to have Unfortunately, I'd love, look, I'd love to have local high school sports and things like that. But if it's the big story of the moment, uh, if it's the kind of enterprise, you know, story I did last week on Rhode Island College that everybody had to follow, um, you know, we, right. we want to be in that space. And we're really excited about the, our ability to do that. Dan McGowan, speaking of that, does that lie anywhere that was such a bizarre story as soon as you broke that story then the contract was pulled is there any follow-up of of who who was behind that i mean the whole thing was shaky from from day one is there is there any more behind the scenes going on well i'll tell you i got a call from a lobbyist that both you and i know and they said if you ever cost me seventy six thousand dollars a week uh you're you're off my list uh, which which was a yeah. little bit funny, but uh, you know what, what we're still trying to figure out is uh, and what was uh, buried sort of in in my reporting of this was this company Alvarez and Marshall again a a, a fairly large not household name uh, consulting firm but if you know you know the McKinseys of the world the Boston consulting groups of the world. Um, Alvarez and Marshall is, is on par, smaller, but it's on par with those kind of groups. And they are doing a lot of yep. work right now with the state of Rhode Island. They've done some work with DCYF, with uh, Health and Human Services. And so what I'm still waiting on at, as the time you and I talk is uh, how much are these other contracts worth? Um, because this was strictly, you know, the, the way uh, sometimes good journalism can work is this was a, you know, a tipster that comes in from Rhode Island College and says, this seems strange. What, you know, can you help? Yep. And uh, sure enough, it was strange. And you're right, within three days, when we reported on a Monday, by Wednesday night, uh, they're saying, you know, we're canceling this contract. Uh, what we're also waiting to find out is how much work did they do? And then the other factor yep. here, John, is, and this is going to be, I think, a more long-term conversation about Rhode Island College, but Look, if the state needed to hire a $76,000 a week consultant to, you know, fix the college, uh, we, wow. you know, th- there's that that means there is still work to do. And, uh, you know, yeah. Dan McKee is going to inherit this and there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of work that needs to get done. I had somebody call me behind the scenes to give me the heads up that uh, this this contract was going to be pulled. And they said, you know, the incoming governor deserves to have the chance to not have this on his plate, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they said, um, you know, the one thing, this was a defender of Governor Raimondo, I will say, but they said, you know, the one thing about Governor Raimondo is things like this historically did not matter to her. She did not care about the, you know, the perception of, you know, what, what are we paying or, you know, how does it look if she believes in it? And if she believed in it, uh, she would get behind it. 
And this is kind of one sign that they were, you know, they're really at the tail end of her time here. And they, you know, they weren't sure what the new governor was going to have to say about it. Tim McCowan, do we know who did sign off on it? Who was the final person that said? Yeah, there were a ha- there were a handful of people. So the the, the council of uh, post secondary uh, education commissioner, a guy named Tim Del Judas, uh, his signature is on it. Uh, Frank Sanchez, the head of Rhode Island College, uh, the president of Rhode Island College, is on it. And then, sure enough, yes, there's a. Uh, I believe there's someone from the Office of Management and Budget whose name is on the contract. So this was. You, you, there, there's no way anybody could ever argue that they were blindsided. The administration knew about this. Okay. The state knew about this. The only ones who could legitimately say that would be the legislature because they were not included in, in anything here. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Before we let him go, Dan, the Boston Globe, you've had extensive coverage on. This is, I don't, well, it hasn't happened, but it's so unusual with Dan McKee, incoming governor, uh, will appoint his successor. And just... The nature of how this breaks out, it's not elected. Uh, He's about to be governor and he wasn't elected as governor, but then he gets to make this selection. And boy, behind the scenes, things have really heated up. And now it's it seems like a lot of people have come forward saying, I'd like to be. a Well, and there's it's fascinating, John, from a bunch of different perspectives. So one, it's rare that this happens. So it's just interesting in that way. It's also interesting if you're Dan McKee. You have a lot of factors to weigh. People won't all won't love to hear this, but of course, politics plays a role here. And if you're going to run for governor in two years, do you want to go with somebody who, let's say, you, you know, the, the lead choice, it appears, at least the front runner, if I were betting, I would say still former Central Falls Mayor James Diosa. Now, Diosa and, right. and McKee are legitimate friends, longtime allies in the charter school movement, but does does James Eosa bring the, the the heft and the fundraising power that could put Dan McKee in office for four years? I'm not sure. So does Dan McKee look elsewhere to try to see, you know, who can help me? Uh, uh, down in Newport, Senator De Palma, or down in Aquidneck Island, Senator De Palma has said uh, he wants to be a potential, uh, you know, candidate for this job. He's raising his hand. Um, you know, he comes from a different area in the state that, that probably doesn't know Dan McKee particularly well. Maybe he helps. Um, and then, of course, the, the, the thing that's all on our minds, which is rarely on our minds usually, is, uh, you know, is the person selected ready to be the governor? Um, you know, you and I talked about this last week. The truth is no one's ever ready on day one to be the governor. <clears throat> I think Dan right. McKee, to his credit, of all the people currently in high-level elected office uh, is probably the most ready, right? He's been a mayor, he, you know, he's been around, he knows knows the building and all that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, you got a lot of people raising their hands who aren't, who have never worked in politics before. Uh, you know, Lisa Wrangland from the Black Business Association. You've seen, I believe, Melissa Husband, who works in the Secretary of State's office. So you're having, you're seeing a lot of people kind of have their moment. Um, I would be interested interested to see if Dan McKee picks somebody who will say right from day one, I won't run for lieutenant governor in two years. We'll take the politics out of this completely. Um, I, I thought that would be an interesting move by him. That said, it would be interesting and it might be the right thing to do. Politically, it's the wrong thing to do. And, uh, and I think he is certainly weighing his, his political options as well. I'll just before I, I I believe it's all about who can help you win the That's Democrat right. primary September of 2022. See, to me, the move would be Nellie Gorbea, because then with the agreement that she's not going to run for governor, you can't let them have that post. And then they also run for governor. But if you choose her, she's also a woman. Um, then you take her out of the mix of running for governor. And I think it really well, hurts. Um, it... I'm not sure, John, how much you've heard behind the scenes because her name has come up and she has denied that the lieutenant governor has, you know, offered or even hinted. Uh, I think I think you and I, though, both have also heard that somebody has come to her and suggested it. So like so it is something that this is not just you and I on the radio uh, 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 chatting. This this is something that is a conversation happening behind the scenes for sure. Yeah. And he has to look at, listen, it's going to be Seth magazine is going to go up against him and he's obviously tight with the governor. And then 
Jorge Alorza cannot be underestimated. So maybe it does become the mayor of Central Falls. Dan McGowan, folks, uh, you know what else? Before I let you go, I'm so glad in Roadmap you mentioned uh, Mike Donlin. That is incredible. Boy, what a big day for LaSalle. Gina, Governor Raimondo is going to be part of the administration. Mike Donlin, LaSalle Academy grad. Those brothers, I know yeah. Terry Donlin well. Tom Donlin, huge in the, you know, he was right there as they That's were taking right. out Bin Laden in the Situation Room. But Mike Donlin, LaSalle grad, he's going to occupy the office closest yeah. to the There's Oval great... Office. And he is someone... I'll tell you, Dan McGowan, if he wanted to, there'd be no shortage of people that want to interview Mike Donlin. But, boy, he goes right – he stays oh my, way I've below I've been begging to interview him for two months now. Uh, you're, you're right. And, no, by the way, to, just to, to, you, you just said it, and I, I wrote it today. There's a great uh, visual in – it was in Politico yesterday where they literally show you the West Wing of the White House. And think about it if you watch the show. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of a small, condensed area. And at one end is the Oval Office, which is where the president is. And then there's a kitchen. There's, a, I believe, the presidential library or, or study. And then right next to it, the closest person to him will be Mike Donilon. And if, for, for folks who are, uh, you know, wondering what that role is, he's a senior advisor. Think if you, if you remember the Obama administration, uh, think the David Axelrod job. Uh, to some degree, this, a little bit of the Steve Bannon job to some degree in the Trump administration. I mean, this is the person who, you know, the, I think the president likes to say Kamala Harris will be the last person in the room. The real last person in the room or the last person he talks to at night will be Mike Donilon. Yeah, who's even closer right. than the chief of staff, right. Ron Klain. So. Dan McGowan, again, folks, there's so much in Roadmap. I start each day with it. I always learn things I didn't know a lot, actually. How can Very simple. Best thing this? is it's free. And, and uh, if you just send me a blank email, all you have to do is send it to the address, rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. And you, you get new stuff from me. You get a roundup of the stories we're reporting in the Globe. As we're expanding, we're going to have a lot more. Uh, and then you get the, the, the day of stuff governor's press conference or somebody's press conference today, things like that. Uh, so rinews at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the queen of health, 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. We understand quality, integrity. Local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health.